Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. Welcome to the Self-Medicated Podcast. Uh, as always, I am your host, The Wayfair, a.k.a. Quentin Quarantino, a.k.a. The Banter Boss, a.k.a. Jon Snow, because I know absolutely nothing. Uh, here, as always, with the captain of the Igloo, young, popular, and friendly, a.k.a. The Box Hunter, <laughs> a.k.a. One Pop Poppy, a.k.a. The Bottom Feeder. Um, and we have a special guest on the line, Ace, Dr. BRB, the head doctor. What's going on? Hey, yeah. How y'all doing? Doing great. Doing great. Um, so we have a, a topic to get into. We posted a video on um, on the Instagram story this week. Um, it got some interesting feedback. It seems like folks wanted us to talk about it. Um, you included, Ace. Uh, so I'm going to play a quick clip from this video, and then we'll get into the conversation. Is that cool? Yeah. yeah. All right, perfect. A lot of women out here think they could talk down to a man and expect a man to still be a man. You can't talk down to a man and expect a man to still be a man. You can't sit there. He's going to be how you want him to treat him. Right. You You want him to be a king, but you're not treating him like a king. You know, as much as we say men abuse women, women abuse men too. Uh, All the time. Like, literally, I have friends that's, you a bitch-ass nigga. You a like, fuck yeah, boy. Well, I feel like well, you know good. Verbally abused men. Verbally abused men. And you're, and you're breaking them down. And who knows what they went through as a child? Breaking them even, you breaking them even farther down. Like how can they even? Well, how can be you expect a man to be a man if you don't treat them like a man or you don't treat them like a king? Mm-hmm. You know, you just, you just. I feel like as women, sometimes we we lose sight of that, especially in arguments or when we upset when we don't get our way. We think that the best way to hurt this man is by breaking his yeah. manhood down. Why do women stay with men that they abuse? Like they that. Don't, don't even look at as men. Because it becomes, it definitely becomes a power and control thing at that point. Because a lot of, I feel like a lot of women do want control and do want power. They say they want a king, but do they even know? They might not even know what a king looks like. Yeah. A lot of women control, want seek to control men or seek to control their whole outcome or the situation. And that's why a lot of women don't have men. Hmm. Let's stop it right there. That was a great <laughs> stop it right um, Let's say your thoughts, Dr. BRB. What do you, what do you, what do you think about that, uh, that clip? Um, I definitely agree with her comment about the need for control. However, I think that just as she kind of mentioned that you don't know what that man is going through or what his childhood, you know, how his childhood influenced his behavior. I think a lot of that behavior from women comes from their childhood and potentially Mm -hmm. seeing how men treated women in their lives. And so in order to avoid being treated in the same way by a man that they've seen women treated in their lives as they overcompensate and then they emasculate their man. Cause it's like, it's this, I think it's this mentality of I'd rather do it to you than you do it to me. Mm. That's deep. Cause I have women in my family that treat men exactly like that. And so I've become, or I've told myself, I'll say, <laughs> become <laughs> the opposite because I've always questioned as to, you know, if you want to be with a man, why don't you treat him like a man? Because if I'm with somebody, I'd never, I'll never want my man to feel like my child mm. one is an additional burden and I want my partner to feel like they're my equal however if I'm if if my behavior is rooted in fear then I'm not going to feel that same way you get what I'm saying mm-hmm. wow. so I don't know it's just it's it's a very interesting dynamic and I actually did a little bit of research on like domestic violence against black men by intimate partners and the numbers are not dr- as drastically different um from black women as i originally thought that they would have been based on you know just you know everyday conversation because most black men don't openly discuss yeah. being physically or verbally abused by their partner whether it's male or female but in this particular case um, I'm assuming we're thinking of a heterosexual relationship. Yeah, I would. I mean, at least for this part on my on my end, yeah, I would. I would assume that because that's the only type of relationships I've been in, so I can't really speak for the other segments of people. So, what were those numbers? Do you remember exactly? Um, I think it was like 
40, about 48 percent um, for black women. And that was that included like physical, verbal and mental abuse by an intimate partner and the numbers for black sorry, for black women and the numbers for black men was maybe like, I think it was like 40%. So I was surprised. And that was, I think the year maybe been like 2011 or 2012. So of course, I'm sure they have new, um, more recent studies. But even then I was kind of surprised because I went even further back and the numbers still weren't as different Hmm. um, between men and women as I expected. And those abuse numbers... I always assume they're higher than what they are because I feel like those are always underreported right. on both both parties. So who knows what those real exactly, numbers are. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. The only reason why I feel like those numbers are not compelling, like just the numbers are not shocking to me, is because we kind of hear this, right? Like people been saying this shit. So it's like it's not far-fetched to hear the numbers match up with the stories that we've been hearing. Like that's not what's surprising mm-hmm. to me. What's surprising to me is uh, how um, adverse we seem to be to trying to prepare ourselves as individuals and heal ourselves as individuals before getting into a relationship. That shit is fucking Mm -hmm. wild to me because the undertone to all of this is that the relationship or whoever you're fucking with is like, a prerequisite to um, figure out a way to filter your traumas through them in a way that doesn't hurt y'all's relationship. And that's dumb as hell. Yeah. That don't make no <laughs> sense to me. Like, that is so, like, that's just, it's putting the car before the horse because ideally, what should happen is you should be um, secure enough in who you are as a person or healthy enough in who you are as a person that you're adding to someone's life. On mm-hmm. both ends Whether you're a man Or a woman It doesn't matter Right Like you should not be Looking for a relationship To be some source Of healing for you That's not how that works um, I understand how but People can fall know. into that And like I, I get it mm-hmm. But We should also get That that's not healthy Like that's not A healthy way oh, to do that Yeah Yeah um, I absolutely agree But I don't think That you're accounting For the fact that sometimes you really don't learn about your deepest issues until you get with someone. And depending on where you are in life, if like it, it may just be a fear to leave that person out of financial obligation or, you know, out of fear of just being alone. So sometimes I think that different opportunities will show you different sides of who you are that you really either didn't want to address or genuinely didn't know existed. And so I think that while I agree with what you said, I also think we need to be conscious of the fact that we don't always know the ugly truths about ourselves until other people can highlight them. I agree with that. But I also think that that very thing explains the question that they asked in the uh, in the clip is why do people stay? Well, because that's why they're afraid to be lonely. <laughs> they don't want to be alone. Right. They still need to cling on to something, right. some semblance of control, no matter what that looks like, even if it is. Um, you know, taken away from one aspect of what they seem to need or think that they need and is fulfilling another part of them that they feel like they need, right? Like then that that totally explains why it's just not it's just not healthy. And the my takeaway from the clip, it's like a ten minute ass clip, but my takeaway from the clip is that um It, it seems like specifically the folks talking in the clip, it seems like they are um, being frustrated with their the choices available to them or what they seem to believe are the choices available to them. Um, and then I'm extrapolating that mm-hmm. out to like people in general being mad that everybody that they encounter being ain't shit. Or a certain type of person Or uh, the same consistent things In relationships seem to happen to them And it's like So are you saying that in the context of like They Because they definitely seemed aggressive Or angry about the fact that Women treat men in that way So are you saying that You think that they're upset Because they're getting these quote unquote Weak or traumatized men Because I took it as more like they looking at their home girl or girls or women that are treating men like this, like, 
what what are you doing? Why are you why are you doing this? So it's interesting that you come from it with the angle that you just did. My feedback was more so on the latter part of the clip. I don't think we played on this audio, but you're mm-hmm. right. I think it also extends to them looking at their friends and again, like somehow not understanding all of the many reasons why someone would stay in that situation. Uh, but yeah. like, um, I don't know. It seemed like folks were frustrated with the quality of people that they were encountering and trying to uh, like being eager to put them on a pedestal and being frustrated when they weren't reaching that pedestal in their opinion. Right. Mm-hmm. And then being upset oh, and frustrated yeah, yeah. and then being upset and frustrated with that person for not reaching the expectations that they had walking in. And it's like, that's yeah. not fair. Like, that's kind of not okay, right? Like, especially walking in, like, just walking into the door, you have, you have this, like, artificial creator player in your mind, right? And this person has to match up to, you know what I'm saying, a certain extent of that creator player that you have in your mind. Otherwise, you're going to automatically treat that person a certain way with, like, I don't know. That just seems like a very closed-minded, very closed uh, way of approaching relationships. A very insecure way of oh, approaching I relationships. Agree. I absolutely agree. However, I think that that's just human nature. We hold everyone, or I guess I do, I hold everyone in my life to a certain standard. And I know that I get extremely frustrated when people don't reach my level of expectation because one, I know what I expect for myself and I wouldn't have that level of expectation for you if I didn't think that you could reach that. However, I am learning through therapy, through conversations with people that it is not my responsibility to make someone who I want them to be, but rather see them for who they are Mm -hmm. and meet them where they are. And if I don't like where they are, then I have the choice to move on. And I think the fact is, what what people are missing in the context of these types of relationships, whether it's friendships, intimate relationships, um, is that we all have choices and we have to make the best choice for ourselves because at the end of the day, you can't change that person. And even if you think you're, you've changed that person, eventually their true self is going to come back out and then that's going to present another issue. I don't think it's human nature, though. I don't think it's human nature. What I think is human nature is to want to perpetuate the species and the things that you are conditioned to believe will accomplish that goal is what you're going to be attracted to. And what I think is right now that sense of security and ability to perpetuate the species is so warped and wrapped up in all of these complex human interactive things that that has been misplaced and so it's not we we shouldn't normalize oh well that's just how people are no maybe we should start normalizing hey we should start making healthy choices about the relationships that we get in so that we can no longer start rationalizing the bullshit that we accept understanding all of the trauma like we have to start changing the narrative of how to healthily Mm -hmm. deal with these things because they're not going away right like we can't just we it's one thing to acknowledge them (laughs) And then it's another thing to acknowledge them and use that information differently to try to, like, change behavior. Um, and so mm-hmm. if we understand that, you know, people are, are dealing with these very unhealthy things um, for a sense of completion or control or, you know, whatever the fact may be, well, we need to start understanding how to value those things that are, like, positives and understand how to highlight them in a positive way and not deal with them along with some of the other negatives. Does that make sense? Like, we got to change how how we process that. No, it, it definitely does make sense, but I think it's very... Um, working on yourself is hard, just point blank, <laughs> period. And sure. learning to kind of deal with someone else and be more logical, like you're saying, is very, very difficult. And people are, a lot of people are not willing to do that work. Like one of my exes, I would say he was 
um, he enjoyed the chaos of his relationship. And I will say that until the day that I die. He enjoyed the chaos. And I was not going to bring additional chaos to his life that his ex did. And it was almost as if, like, me bringing that sense of peace was a problem because that was not something that he was used to. So until you, the person, gets their shit together and are solid in who they are and how they see the world and what they do and don't want and can walk away from things that don't serve them, it's not, I don't think we'll reach that level that you're trying to get to, which makes, which I agree with wholeheartedly, but I, it, it's just not, it's not easy. I don't think it's easy, but even in what you just <laughs> said, though, like the uh, the situation with your ex, the, the love and the chaos, well, that could be translated and broken down into a couple of different things. Maybe what he enjoys is being uh, needing to be relied on when the shit hits the fan. And maybe that's something that is innate in him to be able to come through in those situations, regardless of what that kind of conflict or chaos is whether it's self-inflicted with, mm-hmm. or however it's manufactured, but maybe that's something that, you know what I'm saying, is what's in him. So now the negative is all of the actual chaos that comes around it and feeding into it and building it onto and, and bringing it upon yourself. But the actual positive attribute mm-hmm. there is like what? The clutch gene, <laughs> right? So like to try to figure out a way to build on that and like reframe it, right? Uh and my job, we talk about asset based framing or how we talk about things um, and, and talk about things from uh, uh, an asset narrative. If we like I don't and I don't even know how we start doing this. I don't know if it's just conversations with your kids at a young age or just like how you frame discussions. But like that, that's a perfect example. And you're right. That's not easy to like. I mean, obviously, the chaos is real life day to day shit that's happening right now. But like if there is a way to like step back from that and be able to look at that from a bird's eye view and try to capitalize on, you know, some of the shit that you see that, that, that I don't think is so far out of reach. Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, I've been reading per my therapist request a lot about codependency. Mm -hmm. And when you think of, and that's kind of what I think of in these situations, because although in the clip, it was like, you know, you have the women who are talking reckless, being very disrespectful to their mate, which minimizes, you know, what we think a man should be. And that's what also I think that another topic that can be touched on, whether you guys want to talk about it today or a later date, is how women, how black women perceive what a man should do and mm. how a man should be. Mm. I think that's where a lot of confusion lies as well because we're not all on the same page we don't and not and that's not to say that we have to be but i think that there are issues rooted in what we think a man is because and and also what men think a man is but some men will simply think that i'm providing for you financially what more do you want from me and some men are more emotionally in tune with their woman and so I would be interested to know when we when black women talk about emasculation of the black man, what what do you think is being taken from him and what did you think should have been there in the first place? What's the opposite of emasculation? I can't talk right now. Well, no, um, I guess it would be the feminine. I, I, I can't think of the word, but uh. basically the more feminine I guess my in my thinking I would think the opposite of masculine would be feminine so then I don't know um, emasculating someone what would be the opposite of emasculating someone feminizing someone no emasculating someone yes I can kind of because if you think like there was recently and this is something that I had noticed whenever they wanted to soften up the approach or the the look of black men in media, it was, let's put a bunch of flowers around him. And I thought that that was so weird in a sense of why can't a man just be a man and that still be seen as soft and gentle without adding on things that we traditionally see as feminine. Mm. 
but then I'm also trying to address my own issues with how I perceive, you know, the media's portrayal of black women, black men and black women. Or but just I just men noticed in, that in order to in general, yeah. what you just Go did ahead. was you kind of pick and chose which social contract you wanted to opt into. <laughs> right? You just said <laughs> you just said, Oh, the flowers effeminates the the classic image of what a man should be. Why a man can't just be a man. Well wait. Which social contract do you like when do you decide which one you are standing by at any given time? And to me, that is the problem. Until we acknowledge I'm that great. like all of this shit is some bullshit. <laughs> like until until we like get to a point where we have to stop trying to like and this part I do think is human nature to try to categorize everything and label everything for the purpose oh, of absolutely. organizing and compartmentalizing and dealing with all of the shit that we encounter in the world, right? Because we're human beings, we have the ability to think and make decisions, which is different than any other living being, right? So, like, that's one of those kind of coping mechanisms. Like, all right, I need to understand what level of priority this is in everything that I encounter just because that's the only way I can, like, manage this shit. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, until we acknowledge that actually all of this shit is actually kind of some bullshit, and the only thing that I know is what... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? What tickles my fancy at the end of the day, right? Like whatever, yeah, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And if you are blessed enough or, or have the ability to articulate that into words or a song or something like that, then God bless you. But I don't think we should expect everybody to be able to articulate that um, so, so, so well. But I do think it's important for us to be like, oh, okay, well, maybe it's a whole bunch of shit out here. That I don't understand I don't get I don't like it's, Maybe it's just not for me But I do know What is for me And what I like And what I fuck with And why the fuck Do I have to expect Other people to Like the same shit I 100% agree with it And I feel like That is I feel like I see that So often on social media Like mm. Unless you agree With the masses Then it's just You're oh my God, what are you doing? You're a horrible person. Why do you disagree? Like, why do you have any commentary on this other person? But I, just like you said, like I, my thoughts on certain things change all the time, especially when I'm presented with something that is so starkly different than what I believe in mm. or what I've come to think is the norm. And so I've had to challenge myself. And during these, like, whether it's COVID times or whatever, I've been trying to internalize kind of why, you know, why do I have these thoughts? When I see something, why is this evoking this kind of emotion from me? Like, I need to check myself. So I, I, I agree. Basically, of course, Roy, I agree with you. <laughs> and that's super dope <laughs> that you're even self-aware enough to, like, even be willing to look at that and interpret that and attack that and, like, uh, what's the, unpack it. Because a lot of people don't give a fuck and aren't willing to do that. So kudos to you. I have um, one more question on this segment. One of the things they talked about is how women talk to men and the condescending way that they talk to men. Um, and aggressive. <laughs> aggressive way that they talk to men. Um, and what this made me think of and an interesting question that we got is if that's not the way to communicate with men, how do men want to receive information from women? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think specifically, probably constructive criticism or just criticism. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Um, and I thought this was a really fucking funny question because I thought I don't feel like it's a very complicated answer. But then I have to realize who is asking for this information and why it can seem complicated. So the answer. To oh, God. <laughs> I want to hear what you think the answer to the question would be as a woman. Um, I, I'm going to have the same answer I had with the reverse question that you asked a few podcasts back about how do women want, how do, how do we think women should receive criticism from men? Mm -hmm. I think that you should receive it openly, honestly, and with love. And I don't think that you have to have some kind of relationship with that person, although that helps them to understand where you're coming from. But I do think that more black men need to be open to having conversations about how they want to receive things. Because I see up and down my timeline all day, every day about 
women don't know how to talk to us. Women treat us like shit. We only can be, uh, we can only be financial, financially supportive in our relationships. But outside of that, we, we serve no purpose. But then it's like, well, what do you need from us? And then it's cricket. So mm-hmm. you can't complain about how we're treating you when you, when you can't, you can't verbalize how you want to be treated. You just can tell me how you don't want to be treated, which, yeah. which does not always equate to how you do want to be treated. It's very true. That's a really good point. Um, she flipped it on you. She tried. <laughs> she I'm not done it yet. On you. I'm on the ropes, but I'm not done yet. Um, <clears throat> what, it, um, all right. So when you are in a state of heightened emotion, are you receptive to critical information about you or your behavior or how someone else may feel about how you're acting or what you're doing? No. Okay. Um, should you be expected no. to? Not, yeah, no. What'd you say? Should you be expected to? Should you? Um, I think Logically, you should be because I think that in a in a perfect world, we would have control over our emotions. And in most cases, anger is not a primary emotion. Your feelings were either hurt, you 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 experience some type of pain, which then turned into some anger, and that's really what you're unleashing because you're fearful of expressing your level of disappointment or hurt or something that makes you more vulnerable. Because mm. if we express anger, that makes us more powerful. So. I just feel like if if I'm into it with my guy and we are arguing, I would I I am hoping that I'm getting into a space with myself that I can receive what he's saying and I may not be able to um, enter into constructive dialogue with him at the moment, but I know that I need to walk away and process what he's saying and then hopefully I can come back and we can have a more productive conversation but old Brittany oh you want to go there I'm going to go there right with your ass and I'm going to go way harder than you St. Louis so. Brittany right what's very interesting about all of that that you said is you know what you didn't have to account for, account for at all in your calculations interpretations what? do you know how much time we spend as men interpreting what you actually said <laughs> To what the actual problem is Do you know how much work it is To take words Turn them into concepts Apply them to a logic That you don't understand And then understand it and be apologetic about it Or understanding about it At at minimum Women are fucked up In that way like I 100% Agree (laughs) with you like And one thing that I have been challenging Myself to do is to say for example, I had an issue a couple of weeks ago when a friend didn't hold up, didn't do something that I thought that he would do. And that really disappointed and hurt me. And so instead of the, I wanted to be very cocky and passive aggressive and be all like, oh, you, you ain't shit and really go in on him. But I was like, what purpose is that going to serve? And then he's really not going to know why I'm mad at him. So I politely was like, hey, your behavior, it disappointed me. I thought that I thought X, Y, and Z. And you didn't do that. So now I feel this way. But I 100% agree that women do need to do a much better job of being more direct. But there is this fear. And that's not an excuse, but there is a fear of if I am direct, then he's going to walk away. Or he's not going to accept what I'm saying. And that that's going to highlight a red flag to me. And I'm not ready to process what that could mean for my relationship question could your disappointment in that person have been based on an expectation that you had that wasn't maybe communicated clearly enough is that i'm just saying 100%. is that possible however so yes, wait 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 yes, wait wait, yes, wait. Yes, it could have so if if that's possible mm-hmm. then you letting that person know that you were disappointed wasn't about communicating your disappointment to them it was you acknowledging out loud that you had expectations that they didn't meet and feeling the need to tell them that they fell short of your expectations that you can see that you may not have communicated to them. In that particular situation, that person, (laughs) 
was well aware. However, uh. I would agree that in other situations, I and other women may not have been as explicit in what they needed from whoever, whether, whether it was a friend or a lover at that time. And we do tend to get upset that you couldn't read my mind. And so I mm-hmm. can't continue to fault you for not knowing exactly what my needs are when I can't even express my needs to you. Yeah, and that's a tricky thing, too, because we're like also as men, we're supposed to anticipate those needs as well, like also at the same time. <laughs> so it's, it, but it if becomes very common. If you claim to be a person that's emotionally in tune or you have a certain level of emotional intelligence when it comes to other people, then I guess that I just made some assumptions that should not have been made. You know what I'm saying? Mm hmm. Yeah, hmm. for sure. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a very interesting. It's a very interesting dynamic, and it's all rooted in an inability to properly communicate with people exactly. out of whatever trauma, fear, anger, or whatever the case may be. But it's and rooted examples. in an inability to communicate. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's just whatever examples you've seen before in your life too. Can I answer? The question you just asked yes so as far as like um how men want to be talked to i think sometimes we get criticized for how um we request how we want to be talked to the example that i think is the most prominent on my mind at the moment was uh the j cole and uh no name situation mm-hmm. where he was kind of saying like the tone was a little too much for him but if we say that, then we get um, persecuted for saying, oh, women shouldn't have to change her tone to talk to you. Or, But I feel like in any conversation, tone can play a role with who you're talking to because everybody, like maybe you or me, Troy, like tone isn't as important for us as it may be for some other people. Right. But if someone's like, you know, sometimes when you come as someone too aggressive or the tone is condescending, they shut off and they aren't able to receive the information. So tone would be important, but I guess it's kind of bad to ask a woman <laughs> to watch your tone. Yeah. <laughs> hey, watch yeah. your tone when you talk to me. <laughs> but honestly, that's not bad. I actually have a, a work colleague who yeah. her husband tells her all the time and he like very it, it caused her to have a very a much better relationship with him when she says something out of line he's like you know what i understand that you may talk to other people in that way but that, i'm not going to receive what you're saying i'm not going to receive what you're saying if you speak in that manner to me or if you curse to me yeah, and while somebody man. may hear yeah. that and think oh he's telling her what she needs to do no like well, if yeah, that's what she needs to do way. if she wants to communicate yeah. <laughs> effectively with this exactly. person. That's and, exactly and that's what she needs to do. Yeah, right. setting your expectations and your boundaries are important. On, right, based on the bottom theater's comments, I think that. Um, I'm stab both y'all niggas. When we have to be mindful of if we give a fuck who we're hearing something from. Mm. If I don't care about your opinion, if I don't. If you don't bring, if I feel like you don't bring anything to me, I'm not going to care what your tone is. I'm not going to, you know what I'm saying? I just feel like I care about the people whose opinions I value. All opinions matter. That's not true. They um, don't, though. And I have a. They do. <laughs> they really, really, they matter to they someone. Don't. No, they, they, they don't. don't matter. <laughs> nah. We gonna have, That's no, a philosophical argument for another day. We're not doing that. All opinions definitely do not matter. <laughs> they do. And I have a really, this one is hard for me because I'm one of those people who don't really give a fuck about tone. I'm one of these like message over delivery people. I feel like that usually goes both ways for people like that though, right? Like they don't really pay attention to that, the tone when they speak. Exactly. And also, they don't care how the tone is when someone speaks to right. them. Right, right, right. So, but yeah, that's what, and that's why I was bringing that up is because a lot of times, and shit, we've seen it on this podcast hella times where I'll like make kind of a wild point, but then continue to say what I'm saying. And then, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The message behind it becomes more apparent, but the original delivery 
kind of blocks where my message is. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. that's definitely a thing. And I have that bad, so I can't even really talk here. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> uh, I have it real bad. I'll be saying like, I mean, on the surface, it sounds like some wild shit. But when I have a chance to explain myself, people get it. Yeah. I'm, I know when I first met you, I was like, oh, wow, he is, he's intense. But then yeah. as I got around you more, I was like, okay, he's just really passionate and I have to know I how to, to engage with, with him. Because from the first conversations we had, I was like, oh, this nigga trying to, like, he's trying to chew me the fuck out. Okay. I'm going to have to get with him. But you, like, for people like you, you have to, I have to know how to come at you because you like to bait people and then that's just going to piss them off even more and you are feeling such joyfulness inside (laughs) at the fact that they are so fucked up and so I was like okay the best thing to do with him is to remain calm and have a you know a good rebuttal and he's going to receive that better than just me barking my opinion at him the thing is, it's all a test, right? I was like if you could get about to say he's testing you. Yeah, <laughs> if you could get confused by my bullshit and lose your point by some random ass, seemingly unrelated questions, and I could stumble you that quickly, then you don't believe in what you're saying. And if you don't believe in what you're saying, why am I debating you? <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> That's just my philosophy. I wish you could have seen him last week. Oh man, ah, oh, dude. I don't know if oh, we recorded I heard it. It. Mm-mm, mm-mm. it was a, like behind the scenes. The setup. Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> we was 100% in that mode. And he was talking about the other guests. I think it was like Love and Hip Hop. Mm-hmm. That shit was hilarious because I didn't, I thought he watched the show. Then, you know, because he's like having a conversation. He's like, yeah, it's messed up how such and such did what? And he was like, yeah, I know, I know. That Whitney sent me a text like this nigga don't even watch that show. And I cannot stop dying laughing because they talked for a good 10, 15 minutes about the show. And he didn't give no details about the show, but he like they'll mention the character. And he like, yeah, that's crazy what uh Tamika did. And he'd be like, yeah, right? And he'd be like, yeah, you can't trust nobody. And I'm just dying laughing because this nigga has no idea what they're talking about. And they think he's, like, watching the show every week. Exactly. But what I did was I built a rapport. I disarmed them. So then when we hit record, boom. Yeah. Yeah. And you started the results. I got to d- double and back and check that. That's why you and, you know, Justin get along so well. And you guys are such a a good pairing as far as like to present these different topics because your approach or your approaches are so different but they very much so complement each other however I will say that I am always excited when y'all two go at it <laughs> because it just it just makes me feel good inside just like black on black violence <laughs> I was about to say black on black crime is not mm-hmm. the answer mm-hmm. host on host crime <laughs> it's out of love though it's all out of love all right? out of love of course of course um, alright well uh, did you have anything else you wanted to share with the world with the um, the self medicated podcast fans um no just you know Keep doing it. I'll keep posting you guys every week, and I look forward to hearing the other conversations that you, the other topics you've chosen to touch on. And one of these weeks, I really want us to try to touch on the way that the black church um, feeds on the vulnerability of black single women. But yes, I've just been wanting to talk about that for a very, very long time. We should, so I would absolutely want to talk. You trying to get us blackballed from any potential funders already? <laughs> Goddamn! I think we should get a black woman that's involved in the black church too for that conversation, or or two. Oh, absolutely! And then you can ask me, a black woman who's not involved with yeah. the black church, for that reason. So I think that it would be a great, you know. Just make sure you watch your toes. Speaking say, of okay. church, hold on, hold on. actually, I have a question for you later, Brittany. I'll, Let me get I'll my junk off though. Make sure you watch your tone in that conversation, Brittany. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Dr. BRB. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Right, bye bye. Um, so that was interesting. I um yeah, that was very, very interesting. Yeah. What do you any closing thoughts on the I mean that conversation? Outside of like I I've had situations actually where like how I was being talked to, I didn't appreciate or um, particularly care for. 
So when when I was in that situation, like any woman, if we're having a disagreement, like if any woman starts yelling at me, especially on the phone or in person on the phone, I want to say, can you please lower your voice? If they don't lower their voice, I just hang up. Mm-hmm. If it's in person, I just walk away because like. You kind of have to set your boundaries or your, and your standards of how you want to be talked to, kind of talking about what um, Brittany mentioned. So, like, I'm not going to argue with you, and I'm definitely not going to yell with you because nothing gets accomplished. When when people are yelling, that usually means they're too emotionally charged to really get to any kind of reasoning or resolution of a situation. Right. So. I'll let you cool down. Maybe we could try it again. Or if you can't talk to me in a way that I find respectful, it's just not going to work. And we're going to just have to part ways. Um, that's me personally, as far as like her asking, how do men want to be spoken to? Yeah. Do you have any particular preferences? Um, for me, I prefer to be spoken to directly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to be told what the problem is. Um, so that way I don't have to spend time trying to figure out what the problem is and trying to figure out a solution to the problem. So how long have you been living in this fantasy world where people um, understand their emotions and can clearly explain them to you? I've been living, I mean, I was homeschooled, so for a long time, <laughs> but what's interesting is, uh, What's interesting is, like, for me, I have had to figure out multiple ways of communicating with different types of people. Yeah. And this is what this is what's weird to me is that for some reason, people expect to use one communication style for everyone. And it don't work like that at all. So, like, for some people in a conversation or an argument, it's best for us to talk it out right there and then in that moment because mm-hmm. it just needs to come out. But I feel like those people usually tend to be more cool-headed and more rational. Sometimes, but even when you're angry, sometimes you need to yell. Sometimes you need to Not get cussed me. out. You go yell in your pillow, nigga. But, I mean, and that's real. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. But yeah. for some people, that that's all they need is to get you a couple fuck yous out. And then they're like, all right, anyway. You know what I'm saying? Then they're able to, they've got it out of them. Stop and then there's other people where it's like, you know what? The tone here, I can't even... I'm not receiving anything and I can't give out anything at this tone. So yeah. let's retreat until we can both get to a tone that's an appropriate level where I feel like we can both then communicate. Mm. For some people, it's just like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's ignore it. It wasn't even that big of a deal. You know what I'm saying? And it, it's there's pros and cons to all True. of these. There's yeah, like, yeah. And, and a yeah. lot of times, sometimes they're not only individual based, but circumstantial as well. True. Right. So yeah. like, and then sometimes there's a combination of these. Like, maybe, you know what? Maybe we should just yell right now, but then come back later and have a civil conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like, that. Uh, there's combina- There's all kinds yeah. of ways to be able to yeah. communicate effectively. There's no one way. <laughs> yeah, there's no one fact. way at all. Yeah. There's no one way at all. But um, for me, what I like is I like to be told exactly what, like, your personal issue is. Mm-hmm. Regardless of if I think it makes sense or not, I want to know exactly what your problem is so that I can dissect how I can fix that or what I can do to evaluate that. And if there's nothing that I can do about that, then I can help you walk through that or, yeah. or your end. But if I don't even know what the problem is and you can't, uh, you like, and, I, and not even to a T, just be like, I didn't like how I felt when you said this. All right, yeah. cool. I understand that. I can understand that. Um, but for you to just be like, you know what? Fuck you. I don't like, but, but why fuck me though? <laughs> Cause you don't like what I see. You know what I mean? Like that, that I guess is my preference. Like be straight up about what it is that bothers you so that that doesn't have to be a barrier to the solution. I, I just want to touch on what you just said. Cause mm-hmm. I, it's a common occurrence I've heard amongst a lot of my male friends is they'll be talking to their girlfriend. It could be something like the end of the day and she's kind of talking about what happened to her at work mm-hmm. or it could be about the relationship and some things she feels are important. I've realized that there are a lot of times where guys are having difficulty communicating with their significant others because they are always in trying to fix it mode. So like 
if your girl's coming at you with a problem, you're thinking like, oh shit, how do I fix this? Or what can we do to you know, resolve this? And a lot of times it's just her airing her grievances it don't necessarily need a resolution. She just kind of needs to get it off her chest. Yes. And like, it took me a long time to understand that because I'm always like, well, if it's a problem, let's just fix it. Why are we complaining about it? Oh, man. But sometimes... Can we drop a bomb for that? Do we have bombs? <laughs> we got gunshots. Gunshots, yeah. <laughs> so like... I'm just sharing this knowledge for other men. Just like sometimes you have to learn how to turn off the fix-it mode and just kind of listen and let her talk and get it off her chest. And if it's an actual problem, I feel like then she'll probably maybe ask for a resolution. But you just kind of got to let her talk sometimes. Yeah, this is a real-life example in uh, the Haitian sensation and eyes relationship. Um Literally, we've had this exact conversation where mm-hmm. we've had to get to a point where we had to distinguish when am I venting and when am I trying to have a discussion? When am I venting? <laughs> when am I like yeah. needing help processing something? And when do I need advice? Because they're different. Yeah. And if you don't um, and if you don't communicate with the person you're communicating about when those what those differences are, you'll find yourself. In a in a bad yeah, you'll end up having two different types of conversations going on at the same exactly. time. Exactly. One of the greatest things that I think for our relationship was I was able to let her know, like, hey, I'm always gonna be in fix it mode unless you tell me that I shouldn't right. be, right? Yeah, yeah. And then her thing was, well, some things I need to maybe not bring to him. Or bring it to him when I have gotten further along in this situation. Exactly. Right. So like yeah. for both of us, we were able to adjust. Like we didn't get mad at each other and be like, "Oh fuck you, I hate you," but we adjust it, and now mm-hmm. we can still do the shit that we want and get what we needed out of our partnership. Yeah, and just switch up the tactics a little bit. There you so, go. Um, yeah, thing. So let's do the self medication for the week. I want to do that in these in these segments um, or in these episodes. My self medication for the week. Actually, what was your self medication for the week? Yeah. I done forgot it, brother. Um, <laughs> let me see. I have one. Dude. I could go with mine. You go first. Yeah, maybe I'll, it'll come back to me. My self-medication for the week was utilizing my job's uh, time off policy. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's something that, like, I, I, even I struggle with a lot just by the nature of my job and, like, my position. I, I be wanting to be in tuned with what's going on and it's very yeah. hard to like let go and and give other people ownership of shit and like deadlines and things like that um but for those of us who are blessed to have like an earned time off through their jobs use that shit fam use that yeah. shit because you lose it use it or lose it uh, so that was my self-medication for the week just like low-key just gave myself an extra long weekend because it was a lot going on this week mentally it was just a lot to deal with. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to use this time. Uh, and it was super helpful, man. It was it was damn near required because yeah. it, it was about to be just like overwhelming, especially with like the wedding plan and all that. It was just too yeah. fucking much. Um, so that was my self-medication for the week, man, was just literally utilizing the time off that I've earned from my job. That's dope. I. I'm some, I don't know if you have this same thing going on because I'm a little bit older than you, but I came from the school of like Diddy where, you know what I'm saying, you don't sleep. No you sleep off. when you when you dead, yeah. so it's no days off. So I used to really, when people be like, I'm taking a mental health day, I'm like, what the fuck is yeah. nigga? <laughs> Grind! Right, right, right. <laughs> As I've gotten older, I've realized actually those days are very important. It helps you on so many different levels. Even and speak mentioning Diddy. Even now, he's like a proponent of get rest, get yep. sleep, meditate. You know, take time off. So, uh, you know, I'm definitely glad you were able to get some of that in because you got some stressful months coming up ahead of you, boy. I tell you, man, <laughs> we we working on like guest lists and did you solidify pictures. that venue now? Yeah, we got the okay, venue. Okay, congratulations. That's uh, a major step. Yeah, we did that. So we got the venue. We got the date. Next is like. Websites and invites and finding mm. addresses and 
Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> These types of things. I just yeah. I just remember my uh, my self medication. Kind of touching on what you and Brittany were talking about earlier. I had to let go of unreasonable expectations I have for someone. Mm. So like once I let those things go, I became much more happier um, as far as like my day to day because I didn't feel like I was being stressed out or having to deal with the burden of someone not being able to do what I needed from them. Right. So once I kind of made that realization, things have been very good for me. I, you know, I feel like on a day to day, I'm just a little bit more happier and I hope that since I let those expectations go, the other person's happy as well. But yeah, that's so, what's up. Yeah, move a little lighter on your feet. Yeah, you definitely do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a little bounce of your step. That's what's up, man. So um, yeah, this has been. Uh, oh, so that's the other thing I want to make uh, on this um, on this audio an announcement on how we're going to be doing these episodes from now on. The self medicated podcast yeah. is now coming to you twice a week. We're going to do our regular episode drops on Monday. And then we're going to release the Lucy on, on Thursday. Um, that's the plan. Yeah, that's the that's the plan. So <coughs> by the time you hear this, this should be the first Lucy pack. Um, so this will be coming out Thursday after our regular self-medicated podcast on Monday. Um, so, yeah, hopefully y'all enjoy the new content, more content for your head tops. Um, yeah. Any, uh, anything you want to add? Yeah, I guess a little bit of more of this release the second part of uh not the second part but the second episode of the week we're trying to aim more towards topics that are um more universal where like relationship work stuff things where um it doesn't necessarily have to do with the news of the week we want to get more into deeper issues maybe give people a different view of like our opinions outside of like the uh, <laughs> Meg and Tory or Corona right. shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, and this is, I think, a real good opportunity for us to be able to engage with folks too. Like, if y'all have things that y'all want to hear exactly. us talk about, um, I mean, we got the whole phone system. We can figure out how to keep you anonymous and have you call in for advice mm -hmm. or any. Like, this is that the Lucy Pack is definitely for for the fans. Like, this is for. Uh, introspection and thinking and yeah. conversation and philosophy and theories and all of that good shit. Exactly. So, um, yeah, man, that's what it is. As always, I am your host, The Wayfair, aka Quentin Quarantino, aka The Banter Boss, aka Jon Snow. Yeah, here as always with the captain of the igloo, young, popular, and friendly, aka The Box Hunter, <laughs> aka One Pop Poppy, aka The Bottom Feeder, uh, coming at you live. Hear ye, hear ye, all that good shit. Self Med Pod, let's go. We out.